the pandemic, social unrest, the state, and the White House. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. Right now at 12.07 on this Friday. Folks, good afternoon. It is Friday. It is January 7th, and you're listening to The John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. We want to welcome in everyone watching the live noon report. On Facebook Live, you can be part of that. Just find the Facebook page. It's John DePietro Show, along with our uh, partnership with RI1 News. Folks, remember, somebody's got to be number one. That is exactly right. On this Friday, now there is a lot of snow on the ground. We're going to speak with Peter Alviti, Chris Moran's friend from the Department of Transportation, DOT. Get a road update. I think it's important on a day like today because depending on where you are, you just heard the forecast. Some parts, the northern part of the state has a lot of snow. I believe uh, Burville has, did I hear, over 12, 10 inches, close to a foot of snow. And everyone else seems to be more, most of the state, thank God, seems to be more in the three to five range. Maybe four inches of snow. but um, And then it should start to tamper down if it's not already tampering down. Folks, this portion of the program, and right now, as a matter of fact, there are just light flurries outside. That should actually stop in the next hour. So then the rest of the afternoon is clear. Tonight is clear. And then tomorrow is a bright sunshine day, um, so to speak. So, folks, this portion of the program is brought by It's Coogan Heating. Now, listen, right now, having a problem with your heating system, if you are cold, call Coogan Heating today, 401-732-6562, 401-732-6562, R.E. Coogan Heating. Now, you can find them on Facebook. What do they do? Well, 24-hour emergency service. So right now, if you have no heat, call Kogi 401-732-6562. And also gas boiler, oil boiler, plumbing, heating, cooling, helpful, trustworthy, and reliable. Look for them on Facebook. They're also very involved in the community. It's Coogan Heating. Explore our services. As Coog says, let us into your home. Don't fix it alone. And remember, not only that. Uh, but I'm I'm a customer as well because uh, we had our, as I like our hot water tank blew out right at the in September, and uh, and it was I called Ari Coogan and Heating and they came right out and replaced it. Folks, call them, and especially if you have an emergency because it is going to be cold today and tomorrow. Now, folks, check out the website. We have a lot of information. Everyone is buzzing about the website, and especially the story that um, you know I, I think, and we'll talk about it. But just the direction the state is going is is not a comfortable direction that that most people feel comfortable with. Check out DePetro.com, which is sponsored by Pat Elston, Caldwell Banker Realty. Pat is based in Cumberland, 20 years experience, licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts. Call her, 401-474-5253. If you go to the website, DePetro.com, you can uh, see the, the link to Pat Elston. So right now, again, we, we will speak with Peter Alviti. Uh, DOT director uh, to get an idea of just how situation out on the roads. They have been out all night. I think, I believe a lot of people did heed the advice of the governor and also the DOT. Folks, I mean, at this point, other than those who have arrived from warmer climes, um, <laughs> the, um, the actually the the situation, if if people just, you know, it's really just the morning, right? It was not a 12-hour storm. You know, think about it. Sometimes we've had storms in the past where it snows for an entire day or all night. It wasn't like that. And I think as a result of that, you know what also really helps is, listen, distance learning, to me, it's like it's better than nothing. It's better than just saying that there's no school today and the kids have to make it up. I, I don't think a lot of people... Um, not a lot of people. There's not a lot of learning going on, but it's it's better than nothing. So we're going to find out. But by all accounts, um, it, it starts to be that um, that more people seem to realize. All right, I'll just work remotely. Uh, some of the, you know, to me that's one of the things from the pandemic. Now, I'm also seeing war crash victim dies, and a Woonsocket woman has been charged with the DUI. We'll get into that sto- story as well. Woonsocket woman charged drunk driving uh, for at least the third time, and that was that deadly crash. Audriana Hill arrested Thursday, several charges, DUI of liquor, um, 
Another driver were involved in a crash Route 2, West Natick Road, December 7th. Both taken to the hospital. Khalib Winfrey and um, and then now it's it's death resulting. Folks, as, as I was in court earlier, um, it, it is, it's astounding that they still have not come up with proper technology to get so many of the, the drunk driving people off the roads. Now, I'm also seeing this headline from um, from Channel 12. Um, why would I, RI case counts are becoming a less meaningful measure of the pandemic? Well, we've been saying that for a while, right? I've been saying for um, a while that it should really just be on deaths and hospitalizations. But, you know, maybe now they're finally doing it. And I'm going to touch on that New York Times report and how bad is it? The outbreak at Ellen Slater Hospital, COVID positive staff have been called into work. You know, there's a story in the Boston Globe that Rhode Island is an outlier. Do you know Rhode Island right now is seemingly the only state that um, that is bringing in COVID-infected workers? That's how bad the situation is. I'm also seeing right now um, there was a, a fatality, fatal crash, but that was in Freetown. How about that? Stump storm dumps more than one foot of snow in Burville. So now, again, it's... Um, it, you know, there's a lot of benefits here. It's it's the first storm. It's not like it hit in November, and then we've had it on the ground since Thanksgiving. So Burville has had the most, 13 inches in the northwest part of the state. Gloucester has 10 inches. Cumberland got 8 inches. North Attleboro, westerly, 5 inches. So, uh, it and, and especially those who have arrived here from warmer climes. We'll ask Peter about that uh, quote when we talk to him. Um, but folks, and, and as, as I've been saying, I am going to tell you the latest on COVID. We're also, there is a development with um, with the situation um, with Olivia. And and that, the funeral mass for Olivia Passaretti is taking place. That will be tomorrow. It's going to be at OLM. Obviously, um, people... You know, because of COVID, you know, they don't want to, I don't think they want to pack the church. But I want to give credit to Father Healy and OLM, Our Lady of Mercy. They're going to actually live stream the funeral. So, um, but we we do have a a shred of good news in regards to that. And there's another angle of the story. So uh, we are standing by in in just a moment. We are going to speak with our, with DOT director, Peter Alviti. Hey, folks, just a reminder right now. If your home business is cold, call Henry Oil. This winter season, make Henry Oil your oil provider at 401-521-0200. Henry Oil, 401-521-0200. You can depend on Henry Oil online at henryoil.com. Reliable, affordable fuel oil delivery. It's Henry Oil. And lock in for the season. You can do lock-in cap pricing. Uh, Carmine, what a tradition they have since 1947. They have service contracts. All right, folks, um, joining us on the line right now on the snowy Friday, he is the DOT director, editors, Peter Alviti. Good afternoon, Director Alviti. Hi, John. How are you? Uh, Peter, very well. Happy New Year to you and uh, Merry Christmas to you and your wonderful yes. family. Um, you. you and I could talk for an hour, non-storm related, but... In the essence of uh, bringing the latest to the commuters, what can you tell us right now on this Friday afternoon as far as the roads in Rhode Island? So we're in good shape. Uh, All of the major highways and now we're cleaning up some of the smaller uh, state roads uh, are in good passable and driving condition. Uh, We had some challenges during the storm, uh, particularly at the peak. We had some equipment breakdowns. And, of course, it's always a challenge uh, recently with the COVID um, pandemic uh, with personnel, both for our private vendors and for us. But uh, our folks, our DOT folks really did a great job in getting this storm taken care of. Looks like we're out the other side of it. Uh, The next... uh, the next concern is this evening, tonight, overnight. We're going to get freezing. So with all of the wet conditions that are out there, uh, things are bound to freeze up. We'll, be, we'll have our crews staying on overnight to um, treat the roads. But even with treatment, uh, if it gets cold enough, sometimes it freezes over the, the salt that we put down. So 
be careful tonight. Uh, and uh, thanks to the thanks to the um, uh, commuters today, uh, particularly during rush hour, and and allowing our trucks to do the work that they had to do, and um, being careful out there. We had to. A pretty good go of it this morning. I wanted to ask you about that. And again, folks, we're speaking with Peter Alvidi, the uh, DOT director. Peter, did people heed the warnings? Was you know, it, it, it one thing about COVID with the, the the distance learning, so now you don't have school buses. More businesses have adapted to people working from home. So I'm curious, what what was the morning drive like? Yeah. So I mean, there are a lot of things that uh, contributed favorably to uh, this morning. Um, a lot of people listened as we were messaging yesterday uh, to, if you didn't have to go out, don't go out. So the traffic volume was generally down from a normal morning commute. The last few weeks um, have generally been like that. Normally during the Christmas vacation, traffic on our state highways uh, goes down a bit, but um, but it's it stayed down after the holidays this year, probably as a result of many people either working remotely or or um or being ill uh but uh whatever the benefits will will certainly accept all of those uh in our favor and uh uh so you know it it was a lot easier for our crews to do the work this morning compared to a normal rush hour uh and the people that were out there uh were being very careful they were giving our trucks the the space to be able to do their work so we appreciate that too folks we're speaking with peter alvidi dot director peter right now uh right now it's a little after almost 12 18 what how let's go you know what's the condition of 95 is 95 in good shape yeah pretty much all of the state highways i'm looking at for example i'm looking at 146 up toward you uh near 116 right now and the pavement is black it's wet uh but uh, there's there's no snow on any of the travel lanes. That's pretty much the case for all of our major highways at this point. There may be a few um, of the more rural, uh, particularly in the northwest part of the state, where you got hit the hardest up up in the northwest portion of the state. And uh, but our our crews are still out there and they're cleaning that up. So I expect if if they're not clean now, uh, very shortly within the next hour or so, we should have them all cleaned. Peter, the briefing yesterday, did I hear you correctly? Is DOT, are you still in need of some plow drivers for the winter season? Well, yes. I, we So we recruit on a regular basis. Uh, this year, coming into the season, we were concerned both with our own staff and um, the staff of many of the private operators being uh, stricken with, the, with COVID um, that we may have experienced a shortage. And it looked like uh, about a month ago, coming into this, our folks were monitoring, you know, how many uh, private vendors we had signing up. Uh, and there was some concern back then, but we, we did a public outreach um, to recruit additional privates, and people responded to that. We added about 125 privates to the 200 or so that we had uh, back at that time. So. Going into the storm, we had a healthy complement of vendors signed up in trucks at DOT. But, you know, this the, the pandemic certainly creates challenges on a day-to-day basis. So any, any day, you don't know what you're facing in terms of uh, people being out um, on sick leave because they're sick from it. So, um, we, you know, our folks did a good job, though, in making sure they knew what we had coming into the storm, um, making sure that they had an adequate number of uh, trucks and drivers out there. And uh, we'll continue to do that through the entire crisis. It's a, it's more of a management uh, issue, and uh, I've got great folks that are, that are managing that situation. Now, folks, uh, before we let him go, on the line with us, DOT Director Peter Alvidi, and it is good to talk to him. Peter, Now, Peter, folks, has a good sense of humor. Peter, if you would just be so kind to clear this up, because I was uh, debating it last night, Facebook Live. I want to play a clip of you from yesterday, and I have a feeling I know what you meant to say. So let's just... I've come from warmer climes, so I'm going to remind everyone. Um, drive more slowly. When you were saying... 
When you were saying winter cli- uh, warmer climes, we, we, I'm saying, I'm insisting you were not talking about people that are climbing mountains in South America. I'm insisting <laughs> you meant warmer climates coming to Rhode Island. Yes, Who has the I bet did. right? I absolutely did. All right. I, you know, I, 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 we were we uh, lifelong Rhode Islanders. Yes. New Englanders. We pretty much know how to drive the snow. Right. And, and I don't want to insult any of them by telling them that they should be careful. They know to be careful, and they right. know how to drive in the snow. But uh, among the even the reporters that were there yesterday, there were at least two of them that were new to Rhode Island and had never experienced snowstorms before. Right. So. I'm sure, uh, likewise, there are a lot of other people that came from warmer climates uh, to, <laughs> to, Rhode, to live in Rhode Island. And for them, uh, all of this is new, so it bears repeating for them uh, to be careful and, and give them some tips on what to do. I hope Kathy would identify that only a friend would bring up a small point like <laughs> well, that. As a matter of fact, she did, too. She did? Oh, all right. Yeah, she did. She actually corrected me on that. No, She's what? Like, She's my uh, greatest supporter yes. and also my best critic. Did uh, and Buffett, did anyone in the media say no? What did you mean by that? Or did they? Did everyone just kind of go along with it? Because then I was. You know, everybody, everybody uh, just kind of let it slide. <laughs> All right. Except pe- for you. Yeah, exactly. That's thank you. <laughs> Congratulations on having me as a friend. Um, again, folks, before we let him go, it sounds though like Peter that. Um, oh, one thing I wanted to mention to you is I am hearing from a number of listeners, and apparently those. Um, and this isn't you so much, but it's those boy. Those speed bumps are really giving the plows a workout in the city of Providence. <laughs> well, let me assure you, we have none of them on state roads. Right. I, as a matter, well, as a matter of fact, I think there is one. Um, it between the state house on smith street between the state house right. and um, the dot building yes but that was put there by uh the governor at the time edict oh. uh he actually sent over an edict for us to install that because i guess a couple of people had been hit um had to been chafy i i don't know <laughs> i don't i don't it was before my time all right but anyway that uh, that's the only one that exists on state roads Primarily for a couple of reasons. Number one, um, as, as you were pointing out, they they do they do present challenges for winter operations, oh, yeah. and operation and maintenance of roads. Yep. But but also um, they're not as effective as other means of controlling traffic. And right. um, and uh, certainly on state state roads we have higher speeds. Uh, so they they wouldn't work out that well. But even on city streets, uh, when I was public works director in the city of Cranston about twenty years ago, we 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 never used speed humps to control speed. Um, generally, we would implement enforcement. Sure. And invariably, the very neighborhoods that were complaining about people speeding through them when we had enforcement divisions out there where you had police it was people who were living in the neighborhood who were the ones that were speeding right so um but um but no we don't we don't use them and they certainly do present challenges uh uh, during snow operations. And Peter, if I, if I were running for mayor of Providence, which I'm not, but if I was, that would be my sole issue. I will <laughs> remove the speed bumps out of the city. And I think it's a vulnerable one. Uh, yeah, I have no comment on yeah. that issue. Folks, from the <laughs> DOT, it is Peter Alvita. Peter, great job to you and the staff. Uh, it sounds like people did adhere to the advice. And tonight, people should just be a little cautious. The good news is... There's tomorrow's supposed to be a sunny day, and then there's rain moving in on Sunday that should wash a lot of this away. But it sounds like people did listen, and it was successful. Hey, Peter, great to talk to you. Hi to Kathy, and uh, we will talk again soon. John, I, I know you yeah. said there are other issues that we could talk about for a while. Any time, uh, you okay. can just give uh, my folks a call or me a call, and right. uh, we'll, get a, we'll get together with you and uh, discuss Good. things. I like that. I appreciate that. Thank you. He is okay. the king of the road, folks. He is the king of the road. Peter Alvini. Thank you, Peter. You're welcome. All right, folks, there it is. Peter Alvini, DOT director, right here on the John DePietro Show. I told you he meant climate. I have these emails from people. He was saying no. He was referring to people who climb mountains in the Southern Hemisphere. I said, I don't think, not that I'm Mr. You know, I don't know everything. Uh, but I don't think that's what he meant. But anyhow, all right, folks, that is the latest on the roads. And, and as much as um, I know that, you know, some people 
want to just talk about the issues. And there are things to discuss. But, uh, you know, when you're going to be out on the road, and folks, again, right now at 1227, good afternoon. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's weekdays, 11 to 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website. It's a flamethrower at DePietro.com. Good afternoon to everybody watching. Our, uh, we do the noon report on Facebook Live, and then we do one after dark a little bit later. And then if there's breaking news. Now, last night at 11 o'clock, some lady got shot. Uh, Elmwood Avenue in Providence, but Juan has already winding down, and I knew today was going to be busy. So I, I did I did know about it, but it sounded, I, I think she was talking, and I don't know exactly what happened. Uh, so most of the time we go out and cover breaking news. 11 o'clock is Juan is about to retire for the night. Um, I, I decided uh, I, w- I would not. I want to uh, remind you, so the Patriots' final game is this Sunday. Folks, catch all the action. Or if you're going out tonight, listen, stop by. I was at End Zone Sports Pub the other day. It's a great crowd. 960 Menden Road in Cumberland. Dana runs a great crowd. Great staff. It's very friendly. You know what I liked was, as I went in, there were people greeting. You know, I got to admit, it was like a cheers feel a little bit. People greeting me by name. Hello, Juan. Uh, at, at the bar and so forth. So um, End Zone Sports Pub, 960 Menden Road in Cumberland. You know, I should tell Dana, sometime I should go in there and um, and do, do you remember, I mean, talk about times has changed. I was very little, but anyone that remembers the old Bewitched, there was uh, Darren, <laughs> Darren, I don't think, I don't know about Larry Tate, but Darren used to, think about this, if they did this now, you could never do this, but in the old Bewitched, Darren, who was the husband, um, used to go to some bar. I don't remember the name of it. But there was there was a guy who would have a martini glass, and he'd be, like, passed out <laughs> at the bar. And I was very young at the time, but I had older. I'm youngest of seven, so older siblings. And um, and so my, my recollection on time things is, is different because I had older siblings that make you just more aware. But can you imagine now if there was a show that showed, like, somebody at the bar, and the guy's, like, passed out with the, with the martini glass? Now... I want to get to the um, the matter at hand, and that is actually, before I do that, I also just want to mention uh, Propane Plus. Now, if you are someone that depends on propane, number one, if you, if you don't, it's something to consider. Number two, the propane uh, uh, provider I recommend is Propane Plus. In Rhode Island, you can call them at 401-885-4209. 885 4209 in Massachusetts, 508-252-3359. It's the Johnson family, folks, three generations. They are just fantastic, dedicated to it. I was with um, Tim Johnson at Propane Plus in Rehoboth just a few weeks ago. I mean, the place looks like NASA. It is everything is immaculate, incredible. They are so far ahead of the curve. Uh, Online billing, three generations. Every customer gets a free safety inspection. Let me say this about Tim Johnson and Propane Plus. And I think a lot of you will understand what I mean. This is just, he's the type of person you want to do business with. Sometimes there are people that we are stuck doing business with, like the state of Rhode Island in some ways. No reflection on Peter. But Propane Plus, you will be a happy customer. Call them 401 885-4209, 885 If you're a restaurant, and a lot of restaurants now with the outside dining make it easier, uh, even in the wintertime, and you use pro, you know, those propane heating, heating lights and heaters, uh, call Propane Plus, and they'll deliver to you, 508-252-3359. So I want to touch on, and the rest of the media probably will ignore this. Uh, but there's some some pretty significant stories. One of them I did post on Facebook. And I, I'll tell you, Rhode Island Governor Dan McKee, the, today is January 7th, the day after trespassing day, <laughs> known as January 6th, when a bunch of tourists went to Washington and people thought they could go into the Capitol. People did go into the Capitol. People were taking pictures and selfies in the Capitol. The majority, 99.9% of the people were peaceful protesters and tourists at the Capitol with their Trump hats and flags and taking pictures and walking around the rotunda. Um, but And so they were basically trespassing. Not one person has been charged with insurrection. 
that was at the Capitol on trespassing day. But the New York Times today has the United States, new cases, new deaths, U.S. hotspots, global hotspots. If I were to do a contest and say to you, where would you guess Rhode Island would fall with the highest cases? So now I want to remind you that Rhode Island Governor Dan McKee um, continues, has continually said and insisted that Rhode Island was, you know, and I've even talked about this. What does he mean when he says we're number one? Now, other someone else in the media corrected me and he said, well, that's because Rhode Island is number one in, in, in testing and so forth. And I said, I, like, what are they talking about with number one in testing? What, as I said, we're not even number one in New England. So this was Governor McKee, and I was at this. This was the final briefing of the year right before Christmas. And this is Governor McKee in his own words. everyone that we were in a ramp down strategy just before Thanksgiving. I'd like to remind everyone that we were in a ramp down strategy just before Thanksgiving. Ramp down. I'd like to remind everyone that we were in a ramp down strategy just before Thanksgiving. Oh, you were breaking things I'd like down. To remind everyone that we were in a ramp down strategy just before Thanksgiving. Yeah. Now, the only problem is, I'll, I'll skip to the chase. Folks, Rhode Island, this is New York Times. Rhode Island is number one with the highest cases in the the United States. In other words, we're, when he says we're number one, I, I, and this could be, absolutely could be on my part. When I think of number one, right, when I think of like someone is number one, I think of, a, hear me out, I, and, and this could be on my, a fatal, you know, not a fatal flaw, but just a, a flaw on, on Juan's part. But when I think of number one, you think of like the number one song. Right. Or the number one Yellowstone is supposedly the number one show in streaming, Uh, not on television in streaming. Um, Seinfeld was number one. An artist says, as I said, the number one record of the number one hour. I I think of the number one. A team is chanting. We're number one. Right. I, I envision that it's it's a positive, positive thing. Right. Someone says we're number one. Now. Here's where I, it could be just a disagreement or a mis, I'm even willing to say a misunderstanding on, on Juan's part regarding when, when Governor McKee said we're number one, I, again, through, through my own bias, acknowledge privilege bias, I think of number one as a positive thing. But according to the New York Times, we're at number one with the highest cases, Rhode Island, ahead of New York and ahead of New Jersey. So I want to give this different context. Or as I used to have a guest that used to say, and, and we stopped having him as a guest because he used to say, you have to look at that in the proper context. <laughs> I think even context. But anyhow, highest cases, number one, Rhode Island, New York Times, front page. That would mean if I could, and I, and I, I um, hesitate to do so, but. But Governor McKee and his people, who I know are listening to the program, um, if I could just offer a minor correction, that would mean we're the worst with COVID. Not, not, not the, when you're the highest cases, Governor McKee, well, we're number one. I, I don't think that's exactly the goal we're looking for, right? I don't, not sure we're looking for that. In the movie The Town, they say that Charlestown, Massachusetts, the Ben Affleck film with Jeremy Renner and John Hamm, they, they talk about that at one point, Charlestown had the, the, was the, the top town, city, area of the country that, that produced uh, people that committed armed bank robberies, right? Or robbing the Brinks trucks, like in the movie The Town. So that, granted, number one, that wasn't exactly a positive attribute of Charlestown, where you have Bunker Hill and so forth. But I, I, for the life of me, I've been saying that. I don't know how he keeps saying we're number one. We have the highest cases in the entire country. That's no small feat. Think about that. Rhode Island, number. this is front page of the New York Times. I did post it on Facebook, and I even put some little red dots for those that could then highlight exactly what I was getting at. Which means, conversely, that means Rhode Island is the worst in the country with COVID. 
the worst in the country, not the second worst, not the third worst, according to the New York Times, which gets all the numbers from CDC and so forth. Rhode Island is the, the Governor McKee has it backwards. We're not number one. We're actually 50. We are the worst as far as COVID. What is also shocking to me at 1237 on this Friday on the John DePietro show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM is I keep checking for some reason, my email, and I keep thinking, oh, good, the Rhode Island Republican Party are really going to hand it to McKee, right? They're finally, no press release. It is it is just, you know, beyond me. I, I am looking at a press release from the Rhode Island, all hands on deck, campaign managers and treasurers needed. Nothing about Governor McKee. Now. I was mentioning this to someone prior to being on the air, and I keep checking, um, I keep checking, you know, online and so forth. And uh, and the fact of the matter is that, obviously, let me let me be very clear: no one that's a Democrat running for governor is going after Governor McKee. They're right now on the front page. Uh, say what you want, Gina Raimondo, Queena must be laughing or behind off at that. Like, there it is. Good luck. Worst in the country. Number one front page of the New York Times. Highest cases in the entire country. Higher than New York, higher than New Jersey, which is saying something. Not one Democrat has issued a press release. So, and let me just, and this is really important because the person I was talking to was saying, well, I don't think that Sue Sienke, the Republican Party, they don't want to make COVID political. Okay, let me let me let me address that. Here's my response to that. B.S. Governor McKee has made COVID political. Therefore, it is totally fair game to go after him on that. What do I mean by that? Well, you know, he does the traveling roadshow. He's got the lieutenant governor there. He's got his whole thing. He he has made it political when he would stand up there and say we're number one in the nation. When he he made this political, so to not call him to account, I, I I personally don't get it. And I know someone said, well, you know, the Republican Party doesn't want to call him out on COVID, and I said that's exactly the problem. Because, and again, folks, at, at twelve thirty nine, I I want to be very clear. I I know Chairwoman Sienke. I like, I'm fond of her. I consider her a friend. I hope she considers me a friend. But in, in my view, in Juan's world, um, I prefer the Chicago way, right? They pull a knife, you pull a gun. They pull a gun, you pull a cannon. As Sean Connery says to Kevin Costner in that famous scene, they send one of yours to the morgue, you send 10 of theirs. The Republican Party should be nonstop hammering him. He cannot say, let's not make this political. He made a political. Ramundo made a political. McKee, it, when he stood there with a banner, Governor McKee, and said one million vaccinations. What, what is that supposed to be? That was reminiscent of President, it was President Bush on the, you know, mission accomplished. That's what that was. He's making it political. You don't ignore it when it's political. Much like if I want to go on a full rant on this Friday with the blanking snow, <clears throat> um, I got excited when I saw But th- there's another story I want to get to. But I also just want to touch on, you know, this was Mayor Alorza, who was going to run for governor. He started showing up with baby Omar at press conferences. And he brought baby Omar, toddler, right, brought him to a press conference where there'd been a murder. And he's, he's holding the child. He's the mayor of Providence at a, a press briefing at the site of a murder. And he's got his two-year-old who's then like hitting the microphone and like, hey, go, 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 like that. <clears throat> he then, Alorza, Mayor Jorge, he had a meeting at the state house, and there he is with the stroller and brings him there. Then there was, but wait, there's more. Then there was a fundraiser at Crown Plaza. He walks in. Now, Alorza is kind of aloof, right? Not exactly. 
exactly outgoing gregarious. So he would stand in the corner and then all these women would go, oh, look how adorable. And that, so suddenly he's like, hey, you know, this is like someone that does a card trick at like a, a party. Suddenly now this is like his thing. He's got his little prop there. So um, he even would take off every Wednesday, let it be known. He would work from home on Wednesdays and basically not work running the city of Providence because he was taking care of baby for Omar or Omar. And then uh, would show up again with him at a press conference. But anyhow, th- this was his lane as a progressive. To, he, he got national attention. His people pitched the Today Show. They came to Rhode Island. They did a story on this Guatemalan mayor whose parents were illegals, who has baby Omar. They have him pushing him on the swing, um, walking around with him in City Hall. There were people that talked about they'd be in a meeting at City Hall trying to talk with the, the amount of crime and gangs in the city of Providence. A lawyer would be like, oh, hold on, and go sit down and play in a blanket with baby Omar. And, and um, my point is, he, it was on the Today Show, a full feature on it. And the, my point is, there were people, when I then came out with the face mask that had the two of them, there were people saying, no, you leave the families out of it. You know, that, that normally could be the truth. And I'll give a very good example. Um, Governor McKee seemingly doesn't put his family out there. I, I've never seen his children at an event other than the swearing in. He'll reference, I think his wife, his name is Sue. He'll reference her, but he doesn't put them out there. Ramundo would march in parades with the kids. Ramundo had, remember the family in that famous bike riding commercial they're riding around downtown providence as if anyone would do that that you know uh that doesn't wouldn't be fearful of their life um you 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 open the door when that type of stuff happens so what, what i'm saying is that with these people that have this blanket nope the rule is you don't involve you don't involve the family unless either a they're adults or b that you involve them in in the campaign so you you can't suddenly say, even though I'm touting them out there, like it's just annoying. But there's some very significant stories in the Boston Globe that covers Rhode Island that I want to mention. And one is, uh, by using COVID positive workers, Rhode Island health facilities have reached a last resort. Folks, Rhode Island's an outlier. I want you to understand that. At 1244, Governor McKee, this is it. They, They have no other cards to play here. This is, they, this is down to their last straw. They have no other tricks to play. Nursing homes and hospitals under Governor McKee are allowing COVID-positive workers to come in and work. I want to be very clear with you right now at 1244. No other state is doing that. Uh, they spoke with an expert that said, you know, the U.S. is facing a viral blizzard right now, but make no mistake about it. Rhode Island is an outlier. Massachusetts guidelines don't even account for those crisis levels of care. And no hospitals there are resorting to them. Maine has adopted guidance that would allow healthcare facilities to use crisis standards, but none are. Health officials in Vermont, Connecticut, New Hampshire also are not at that level. In other words, what does that really mean? Folks, Governor McKee won't say it. Rhode Island last week adopted much of the guidance with the crisis standards verbatim, but they didn't adopt the CDC conventional guidance for 10 days of isolation. Rhode Island had to move it to five. Rhode Island had to move it to five. Nobody would argue what hospitals are facing Rhode Island is conventional. Emergency doctors describing the system as collapsing. Collapsing. Where is the press release. Listen, do I think Matt Brown, Mr. Progressive, is going to put out a press release and bang McKee on that? No, I do not. Do I think Seth Magaziner is going to do that? No, I do not. Do I think Nelly go? Why? Because they're all Democrats and they all, you know, they all kind of drink from the same well, so to speak. But in my opinion, where is it should be a daily drumbeat? of the Republican Party pummeling them. That's how you get, that's how you build consensus. That's how you get people saying around the state, you know, the Republican Party, that they're the only ones that are calling them out on it. They're right. I agree with Representative Chippendale. I agree with Rep Newberry. I agree with 
Leader Filippi. I agree with Chairwoman Susianke. This is outrageous. It is collapsing. McKee is responsible. And what do they say? What I am told is, oh, we don't want to make COVID political. Listen, that horse left the barn a very long time ago. When Biden and Harris, listen up, Rhode Island Republican leaders. When Biden and Harris, when Vice President Harris said on the campaign trail, she'd be very skeptical about the Trump vaccine, they blanking made it political. To not take advantage of it now, you do at your own peril. I, I don't understand it because it should be daily press releases, daily. Boston Globe, Central Falls becoming a, a pandemic hotspot once again. Folks, this comes into the Dr. Scott. This comes into the equity Everyone must be treated the same. Well, in Central Falls, you know, those people are not the same. They live in much tighter, you know, it, it's, it's much more dense. You have a lot more families living in apartments. You have a lot of non-English speaking people. For Dr. Nicole Alexander Scott to say, oh, we're going to treat Central Falls the same way we treat Borington. That, that's that's fundamentally wrong. I, I get the principle. That, that's one of those things that should never make it out of the conference room. That's like a Kennedy School of Government blanking statement. That, that's that's ludicrous. You know, it, 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 it that, that makes no sense. Anyone that's ever watched MASH or watched any type of war film, what, what happens? The people that are injured the most get the, the most attention. This element of equity, everyone must be treated the same. That, that is, they don't do that at the, at the emergency room. You have someone who's, who's there, who's having trouble breathing, or maybe fell off a ladder, and then you have someone that came in and they're literally dying in front of you, had a gunshot wound. They get, right, they get first attention. But no, not with Dr. Nicole Alexander Scott. Oh, no, it's equity. Equity is the most important. Everyone is treated the same. Well, good luck. Congratulations. Now you have, you have the worst numbers in the blanking nation. Central Falls, one mile long. Did they learn anything? The summer of 2020, at one point, Central Falls was number one in the world. That's why you have to have the DOT director saying, and I want to address people that have arrived here from warmer climes. Peter has a good sense of humor that he laughs it off and admits he meant climate. But anyhow, um, the Boston Globe story quotes Dr. Michael Fine, who I know and I respect. And I, I haven't seen him in a little while. I used to see him when Robin was doing the uh, once a month the author thing. He actually wrote a book. Dr. Fine says, tells the Boston Globe, when Central Falls starts to burn, it burns hot. And he is not wrong. Now, one thing I'll say about Dr. Michael Fine, who, again... I had a good relationship with him when he was the uh, director of the Department of Health. You know, he even gave me a citation because, you know, there, there was, I never had a problem with the flu shots. Uh, right around 2007, I met him and he was talking about that there's a problem with people not getting flu shots. And I, you know, you know, a parent at the time and your kids are, you're constantly getting germs from your parents. So I offered to him that I would get the flu shot live on, on the radio, I was actually even doing mornings on down the dial on PRO back when PRO was PRO. And we did that. That was the first time that was done. Now, you know, more people do that and so forth. But at the time, and that's when the cackle was saying, oh, uh, someone I know that got a flu shot ended up in a wheelchair. No, no, we don't get them. But anyhow, uh, he said, we're not going to be able to stop the spread very well at this point. It's too late. The state needed to start taking steps earlier to halt the spread. So he said, listen, the horse is out of the barn. Uh, Governor McKee just did too little too late. Now it's focused on saving lives. Um, make sure everyone over 65 with symptoms of chronic disease. Now he is arguing get mononuclear antibodies. You don't hear anything about that from Dr. Scott or Governor McKee. Zero. Nothing. Dr. Fine said the people at greater risk continue to be elderly and those with chronic disease. So people over 60 are accounting for 91% of the deaths. He's saying over 60. I think if you go higher, it's, it's even, they, they 
I can say over 60, 91%. Someone told me over 80 is like 85%. So, all right, but whatever. I'm not going to fight him on that. State should keep providing vaccinations and booster shots. It's too late for vaccines to pre- prevent the spread. The shots still protect the vaccinated. Um, back in September, Central Falls was at 1.9%. As far as positive test rate. So, in other words, and let me just see where Central Falls is today. Um, it's at 30%. 30%? <laughs> I, I mean, it's just a rip. But, but my, my point is, here, here's where I would hold Dr. Nicole Alexander Scott accountable. Is, see, that attitude of equity, everyone treated the same. They should not have done that. She would not, they should, the mask mandate and the testing should have started in Central Falls immediately. You didn't have the spread of the places. That's where it should have started immediately. But under Dr. Nicole Alexander Scott, oh, no, no, you can't do that. They should have said, we're going to treat this differently. Central Falls, testing, vaccinations, and mask or whatever ahead of everyone else because it's, it's worse there ahead of everybody else. But they didn't do that. So now... Instead, you know, this is also interesting. Dr. Fine is saying that when they had all those people, he said it's dumb to have people wait outside in the cold for four hours to get tested. It's so transmissible, you're actually spreading it by the people waiting in line for so long. States should focus on testing those who meet the criteria for receiving mononucleal antibody and antiviral medication. But they didn't do that. And they still aren't doing that. So that Central Falls mayor sounding the alarm about all the long lines. And then she brought and begged Governor McKee to come and see just how bad it was. But then the state donated 2,500 at-home test kits that were immediately distributed. But by then, it, it's, it's too late. So, you know, this whole business of structural inequities and... They, they, they try to play both sides of this. And what I mean by that is you, you, you can't, it's, this is going to be a really bad analogy, folks, at 1254. But this is not going to be a good analogy. However, in theory, when you say everyone must be treated the same, right? And that's what Dr. Scott keeps saying. And everyone, equity, equity, everyone must be treated the same. Listen, in reality, Everybody is not the same. And a good example of that, not a great example, I don't think, but is that trans swimmer who I think is swimming this weekend. They have an or if it's still going on, the Ivy League meet. Uh, Leah Thomas, who is now identified, was a, a male UPenn male swim team, Ivy League, for two years, now said, oh, I'm a woman trans in a man's body has gone through the process of transformation and is now swimming as a female and is crushing the female competition, the other collegiate female swimmers. So this notion that everyone must be treated the same, that is ludicrous. And the female swimmers, you know, Leah Thomas, the UPenn trans swimmer, won a race by 45 seconds. It's unheard of. That's not fair. How is that fair to any of the young collegiate w- uh, female swimmers? It's not. So that, that is, that's just ridiculous. But this is, this is why Governor McKee missed the boat by he needed someone at the Department of Health. You've already identified Central Falls is going to be a problem, Right. See, this is the problem when you adapt these progressive policies to, to crime, to health. Folks, the, the AOC, Bernie Sanders, uh, progressive left, co-op, and Black Lives Matter, they, they don't work. They fail. Mayor Alorza said there's no more gang database. Everyone must be treated the same. From now on, don't refer to anyone as a gang. And what happened? Gang violence went up. And then when you have gang violence going up, because they're not disbanding the gangs, police have a harder time trying to figure out 
who is involved with a violent crime because you took away their gang database, right? Central Falls established itself in the spring and summer of 2020 as being not just a hotspot in Rhode Island, but truly a global hotspot. Central Falls is one of the hottest hotspots in the country. So to continue to treat them the same as the rest of Rhode Island under, quote, the guise of equity is, is foolishness. Like, I can't believe these people actually do this. And now everyone is paying the price for this. And that is a Dr. Nicole Alexander Scott. It makes no sense. The Department of Health, if it was Dr. Juan, I would have said, listen, in theory, I love what you're saying, but this is like real world. This is real world. Listen, we've already established we need to watch Central Falls. It's one square mile. We've already established that the virus can spread very rapidly, and it's really going to spread rapidly there. Therefore, we are going to treat Central Falls differently than we treat other communities because it's the makeup is different. It's a different equation for crying out loud. These to me seem like basic things that you would do, but they don't approach it that way. And and we're all paying the price because they don't treat it that way. And it should be. Central Falls should have been first up to mask, first up with testing, first up with any type of shutting things down. It's it's not the same to treat um to treat to treat Central Falls the same as Boroughville is is just ludicrous. It just is because it's not the same. And I get the whole theory, right? That's the same way. These are the same people saying that Will Thomas who now identifies as Leah Thomas, has the right to compete in swim meets against female swimmers. It's it's wrong. It's totally wrong. And the Department of Health, and I'm going to put this on Dr. Nicole Alexander Scott, they should have been monitoring. They've already established where's the worst outbreak. It's kind of like if the police know certain areas are far more prone to violence and shootings and crime, that's where you police more. Right? That's where you police more. What do they say? Why do you rob banks? Because that's where the money is. All right, folks, next hour, radio only. We have another hour to go. The power hour is next. It's John DePietro on A. We're going to break for the one o'clock news. Next hour, listen at the website, depetro.com. Big hour ahead. Leave it right here on the John DePietro show. We'll be back after the one o'clock news.